had died. As a result, in the fall of that same year, some people suggested that they would have a service to mourn for the dead. But wiser voices prevailed, and instead they chose to have a time of worship and thanksgiving for God's presence. Instead of descending into depression because of their losses, they chose as faithful Christ followers to ascend into a time of thanksgiving, forgetting not all the benefits of God's presence. In Colossians chapter 1, in verse 17, the Apostle Paul writes to believers. Now, you wouldn't think that believers would need to hear this, but we do. Amen? Paul wrote to those believers in the town of Colossae, and he said, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Say that with me. Giving thanks. That was real good, but it needs to be a little louder. Are you ready? Giving thanks. That was awesome. Giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, last week, I issued a challenge. I issued you a challenge to begin a list. To begin a list of 20 things that you are grateful for. Today, I'm checking your homework. Amen? Now, some people are teacher's pets. Amen? Tim Shelton finished his homework early and even submitted his homework via Facebook for the whole world to see. Uh, of course, I was very pleased with that and, and honored that he would take it so personally. But I want to share with his permission just a few of his responses. In addition to people like his Lord Jesus Christ, in addition to his family who he adores. In addition to all of his friends, Tim was also thankful for his work team. Amen? We've been talking about teams for, for months now. Tim was thankful for his work team for not only do they provide financial support for Tim and his family, they challenge him and also provide him with opportunity to help people. That's something to be thankful for, amen? Listen to what else Tim was thankful for. He was thankful for his church team. Amen? We're thankful for our church family. Uh, he was thankful for his church family that provides so many positive examples and provides him with the, uh, and shows the desire to serve our community. That's something worthy to be thankful for. But Tim was also thankful for being loved. My prayer for you this morning as you've come into the house of God is that if you don't feel anything else today that you feel loved. 
not only by the people in this room, but that you feel loved by the Lord your God who loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die in your place so that eternal life could be yours if you were willing to receive him. This morning, after listening to a little bit of the teacher's pet's homework, now I'm going to check your homework. Amen? And so I want to offer you the opportunity to voice some of the things that you are thankful for. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Letha May. I'll pay you after the service. Amen. <laughs> Who's next? Joan? Amen. Many of you don't know that Randy Word at 4.30 in the morning, after making a call to one of his patients, had a tragic, what could have been tragic, car accident, and the officer told Joan that if it weren't for just two inches, Randy might be a dead man today. So she still has her son, and she's thankful for that. Amen? What are you thankful for? Miss Wanda? Amen. Thankful for mom. And it's, it's neat to see all the sisters coming together to take care of her with their husbands. Brother James, amen. Uh, thankful for people like you. Amen. Who's next? Amen. And I'll pay you afterwards too. Amen. Who's next? Miss Gayla? Praising the Lord for Tyler and Gala. Amen. What a blessing to be thankful for. Who's next? Come on, 20 times 60. I mean, that's a lot of things to be thankful for. Nana, Nadine. Amen. Thankful for opportunity to be giving. Awesome. Amen. Amen. I like that one too. Who's next? I'm sorry. Miss Patty? I'm sorry, sweetie. Go ahead. Yes. Amen. Sweetie? Amen. Amen. I love you. Who's next? Mona.
Praise Jesus. Amen. Who's next? <laughs> that class of prayer warriors. Amen. You'll, you'll come back with more wisdom than you can tolerate. Who's next? Yes, ma'am. Yes. you're here and we're all special sis amen who's next my bob yes i do yes i do yes ma'am. who's next miss kathy like Chad was talking about, the things we take for granted are the treasures in Guatemala. Amen. Who's next? Miss Mary? Yes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brother Jeff? Yes. Telling me you're thankful for your trials? Amen. Amen. Somebody's been listening to the preacher. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to light, brother. Thankful for the trials. Why can we be, th we be thankful for the trials? Because the reason they're there is to grow your faith. Amen. Anybody else? Well, I pray that that has created an atmosphere of thankfulness for you. Because this is not a place of anything negative. This is not a place for anything detrimental. This is not a place for any of the distractions of life. Today, this is a place of thankfulness. A place of thankfulness. So, that gives me great joy to give you all an A+. Amen. On your homework. Especially the teacher's pet. Good job, Tim. Appreciate that. Amen. Hey, listen. In a message by Dr. J. Wolf, who happens to be the pastor down in Montgomery at First Baptist, he reminds us that sadly, many people, especially people in the United States, have what is called an attitude of entitlement. Y'all ever heard of that? An attitude of entitlement. What does that mean? It means that they falsely believe, either by what they say or how they live, that this life owes them. They falsely believe that this life owes them the biggest and it owes them the best. They are deluded into thinking that this country is obligated to provide for them. And that is a delusion in its rawest form. But here's something that might surprise you. 
If you and I aren't careful, we can slip into that same attitude with God. Oh, I'm a child of God. I'm entitled. He owes me. So, that being the case, how can we avoid that attitude of entitlement on all of our teams? Sometimes we treat our spouse like we're entitled. Sometimes we treat our family like we're entitled. Sometimes we treat our fellow church members, hey, we're entitled. Sometimes we treat those at work like, hey, I got this position, I'm entitled. But the rapper Ice Cube, anybody know, ever heard of Ice Cube? Amen? Listen to what Ice Cube says. He says you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Is that not true when it comes to this attitude of entitlement with God? Man, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. So as we approach Thanksgiving, let us today check ourselves so that we don't wreck ourselves. Let us check ourselves according to the Word of God. How can we avoid attitudes of thanklessness? How can we avoid attitudes of thanklessness? First of all, we need to know when to give thanks. Ephesians 5.20 tells us that we should always give thanks to God, our, the, our God, our Father, for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when are we to give thanks? Always. That's exactly right. See, as Paul was writing from his luxurious penthouse, you know that one, right? That one down in the dungeon of the prison. As he was writing from there, he struggled with a great many things. Paul had to do without a great many things. He had to do without good health. He had a lot of health problems. Paul had to do without his friends, and therefore he struggled with loneliness. He had to do without uh, joy and happiness, and therefore he struggled with distress. He also had to do without hope. Because he lived a constant threat that today might be the day that he dies. He had to live without a lot of things. But let me tell you, he was never without a thankful heart. He was always thankful. In season and out of season, Paul encourages you and I to be intentional about this issue of thankfulness. He wants us to intentionally strive to be thankful, to be thankful on purpose, to be thankful intentionally. He knew that when our first reflex is to praise God, the byproduct will be thankfulness. David said the same thing. A man after God's own heart, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually on my lips. Always thankful. You see, friend, when you're busy praising God, when you're busy praising the Lord, your focus comes off of your problems and it gets on all those reasons to be thankful. 
When are you supposed to be thankful? Always. But here's something else we need to know. We need to know what to be thankful for. Back to Ephesians in verse 20. Always give thanks to God the Father for all things. For all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did I read that right? Did God really inspire Paul to even suggest that I'm to be thankful for all the bad things in my life? Did God suggest that I'm to be thankful when I'm diagnosed with cancer? Did God suggest, did he have the nerve to suggest that I should be thankful when I lose my job? Did he suggest that when those, that stack of unpaid bills gets higher and higher, that I should be thankful? Did he have the nerve to tell me that I should be thankful when I have a loved one who dies? Is that what he said? Always give thanks to God the Father for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, let me tell you what he's not telling you to do. He's not telling you to put on this false mask of gratitude. He's not telling you to wear that fake smile that Brother Bill is known for sometimes. He doesn't want you to wear that mask. Instead, here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to realize. And he wants you to trust that his power is far greater than your problem. Whether it be death, the loss of a job, unpaid bills, or even a diagnosis of cancer. God's power is far greater than your problem. Your Heavenly Father's ability is far greater than your disability. His power is greater. May I just bring your focus to that wooden instrument of death. That cross. Just look how God transformed an instrument of torture, an instrument of death, into a bridge that leads to eternal life. If he can transform that, he can transform your problem into a reason to be thankful. Thankfulness, my friend, and if you don't get anything else I said today, you get this. Thankfulness is not a product of your circumstances. Thankfulness is a product, thankfulness is a result of your faith in God. You can be thankful. Today, as our deacons prepare the Lord's Supper table, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate by remembering exactly 
what Jesus gave. What did Jesus give so that we could be thankful? As your deacons begin distributing the bread, I want you to remember what this bread represents. This bread represents the body of the Son of God. This bread represents the body of Jesus, the Christ. The body of Jesus that was wounded for our transgressions, that was bruised for our iniquities. This bread represents the body of Christ that was chastised for our peace. This body, this bread represents the body of Christ that by His stripes, by the stripes that cut into His body, we are healed. You see, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all turned our own way. And the Lord, the Lord God, laid on His body the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, mind you. He was also afflicted. Jesus was led as a lamb to a slaughter. Jesus was cut off from the land of the living. And for the transgressions of his people, Jesus was stricken. As Brother Chad prepares to pray over this bread you will now eat, remember the body of the Lord Jesus. Remember that he sacrificed his body 
for you. He gave his body so that as many as received him, he would give them the right to become a child of God to those who believe in his name. Brother Chad. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us here under one roof to be with you this morning. Lord, I pray that everything that goes on here glorifies you today. Lord, we come to give you thanks this morning for your son, Jesus. And as we partake of this bread, which is the symbol of the body of Christ, Hmm. We ask you to help us always remember that great sacrifice that was made on our behalf. And it's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus, on the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, he broke it. And said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, for giving your body as payment for my sin. Let us partake together. Now as our deacons begin to distribute the cup. There's something else I want you to remember today. I want you to remember what this cup represents. This cup symbolizes the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. But the Bible also tells us that We are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. No, we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. So we celebrate today. We celebrate by remembering that Jesus permitted his blood to be shed so that you and I could have forgiveness for our sins.
Brother Harold Thacker prepares to pray over this cup, I pray that you will remember the blood of the Lord. For in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Brother Harold? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning, Lord. We have so much to be thankful for, Lord, for your son who suffered, bled, and died that we might live, Lord. Thank you for this. Thank you, Lord, most of all, for loving us as you do, Lord. We ask you this morning to bless this cup. It's uh, symbolic of the blood that you shed, Lord, for us that we might have everlasting life. Lord, we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. The Bible also says that in the same manner as the bread, when he had given thanks, he also took that cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord, for permitting your blood to be shed so that we could receive forgiveness for the multitude of our sin. Let us partake together. To avoid the curse of thanklessness, we need to know when to give thanks. When do we give thanks? To avoid the curse of thanklessness, we need to know what to give thanks for. All things. But you know what? We also need to know why to give thanks. 1 Corinthians declares, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Should we give thanks? Listen carefully. We should give thanks because Jesus won. Amen? Jesus won. And since Jesus has won the victory, you are not a victim of this world. He has won the victory for you. You see, friend, ultimate victory is not determined by your current circumstances. Things might be rough, but don't you think for a second that your victory is depending upon what you're going through right now. Ultimate victory is determined by your eternal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the way, is alive and well. But you know, there is a way that Jesus celebrates his victory. Can I share it with you? In Luke chapter 15, the Bible says that all the tax collectors and sinners, they drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes began complaining, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. 
And so Jesus spoke this parable, this practical story with the eternal significance. He spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you having 100 sheep, if he loses one, does not leave the other 99 in the wilderness to go after that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it upon his shoulders, rejoicing. Jesus is celebrating when he finds the one. Rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, and he says to them, Rejoice with me. Let's celebrate. For I found that sheep, that one sheep that was lost. Oh, what value that one sheep has. And then he breaks from the parable. He breaks from the story and makes his own intercessory comment. And he tells those Pharisees and scribes, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who do not need repentance. Friend, every time that somebody changes their mind about their sin, every time that one lost person finds the Lord Jesus and gives their life to Him, accepts the gift of God, there's a celebration in heaven like we can't imagine. Friend, today, he encourages you to change your mind about your sin, to repent, to turn away from it, and to, to focus and turn to Jesus. He invites you to receive him so that you may have the right to become a child of God because you believe in the only name of Jesus Christ. During our invitation and decision song, you're invited to take that bold step of faith and to give the remainder of your life to Jesus. Could you be that one lost sheep? Could it be you? Are you the one that Jesus would love to carry in his arms listening to the angels of heaven rejoicing in the fact that you have been found. If it's you, come and take my hand during this song. I won't tell you what I know, but I'll tell you what this book says about how eternal life can be yours. You can have the grace of God through faith alone in the Son of God. And His name is Jesus Christ. You come at the Lord's leading. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we cannot earn. We have no merit. And we certainly do not deserve the goodness and grace that you offer through your Son. But your word clearly tells us that if we will receive the Son, we got the Father. And I pray 
if there's one who feels the gentle whisper of God and they realize that they are in fact that lost sheep. Lord, I pray that during this song you would encourage them to come and to receive the Son of God that provides them with the right to become a child of God to those who believe in his name. Have your will in your way, Lord. We'll be swift to give you the praise and glory for it all. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's sing. Thank you.